Grab your coffee and your Bible Good morning. Today is Thursday. It is the 29th. It is the year 2022. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits. We're excited you are here. goodness thank you kids mm. wow good morning son <laughs> oh that's part of it ain't it baby doll mm -hmm. hallelujah bless him lord god is good all the time and all the time God is good. Let me jump over here to the chat room. 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's see. Chilly morning, everyone. Amen. Okay. Amen. Bob Simmons, I'm so thankful the day that it became real in my life. Isn't that awesome, brother? I mean, I agree with you. It's like when it's real, when this Christianity becomes real. All right. God is good to us. Thank you, Lord, for his mercy. You know, Michael, I, I think some of you know this, but, you know, we have four new songs. It's Messianic Mountain So, Proclaim, Crying Out, and The Story which is a story about the birth of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and we are recording those in Nesbitt's studio. This is Michael's studio. And uh, so we will see how he does. He's doing such a great job uh, recording these. And so we're in the process of that right now. So y'all keep us in your prayers and keep him in prayers. Uh, it's such a blessing. And... Uh, and yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, I thought I had some things to say, but now I can't remember any of them. It's just like, poof, if I don't write it down, if I don't jot it down in the morning. Uh, let's uh, jump into the Bible. And you know what I thought? I probably, I don't know which way is the best to do this, but I'm just going to trust that you guys are reading these scriptures. And instead of like reading all of it and then going back and going verse by verse, Maybe we'll just start reading verse by verse and just trust that you're going to, before you go live on daybreak with us, that you're going to like read the next portion, you know, or read for a while. Uh, it might speed up and we get more Bible study actually done anyway. So we're in Revelation 9. We have come to verse 13. And let me do, I think it's very important to kind of remember what we have been over so far during the trumpet judgment so remember the trumpet judgment and the first four were not directly against people the first four or if you remember we remember the first one was there was a meteor storm and it took out like a third of the vegetation right and then the second angel blew his trumpet and he saw something like a mountain on fire remember he didn't say it was a mountain on fire falling. He said it was like a mountain. He, it, what, he, what he meant, it was huge, and it fell into the sea. And the sea, a third of it became blood. It killed a lot of fish, marine life. And so we see um, that the fish of the sea, and then the third trumpet blew, and the fresh waters were struck. Rivers, streams, fresh water. They became wormwood, bitter, and, and some people died from the bitterness of the water, but not from, so it was the plague that hit the water, and then that caused some people to die from it, but it wasn't directly against people. And then the fourth one was a diminishing of the light. The third part of the day didn't shine, and we talked about how that would seriously affect light, heat. It would affect agriculture. It would affect navigation. It's going to affect a lot of things. But the first four trumpet blasts are against creation, but not people themselves. Then we saw the blowing of the fifth trumpet. And the fifth trumpet is called the first woes. There's three trumpets that are called woes. The fifth trumpet is the first woe. And then we see this 
this angel come down and unlock the bottomless pit, the abyss, and out of that, there's this smoke rises up to heaven, and out of that smoke, we saw these demonic creatures, something like we'd never seen before, that were unleashed upon the earth to torment men for five months. And what we have studied and learned in our studies, these things have been locked up since the days of Noah, if you remember. Even the captain over them has been locked up. He's known as the destroyer. He has a name, the destroyer, Abaddon, Apollyon. In every language, he has a name. But now he has set loose. The destroyer has been set loose. And these creatures torment men for five months, but they don't kill men. We notice that. And even during this time, men are going to want to die. And it's like, how many times they're going to get stung? Now, we also seen that they could not and were not allowed to touch more than one thing, but they, they were not. So these locusts were different than other locusts because they didn't eat green trees. They didn't eat like, like the plague in Egypt where it devoured the vegetation. These locusts are not devouring vegetation. They are tormenting men, stinging men with the scorpion-like sting. And they are allowed to do this for five months. So the sovereign God says, even though the destroyer is loose, and he's captain over this host, and they are tormenting men. He still puts a limit on them. Again, why is God limiting for repentance? There, there, it is growing, brothers and sisters. And we're going to see when we get to the seventh trumpet, it's like there's no more time now. It's over. It's over. It, you know, you've made your decision now. And so that brings us to verse 13. As we see the second woe now is past, okay, that five months is past, and two more woes come, and he sees the blowing of the sixth trumpet. And that's where we started yesterday, and we saw that the sixth angel sounded, verse 13, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. And remember, that's where the altar, that's where we get even get the thought of altar. You know, when people put an altar down at, front of the church building, you know, they've got, here's the altar, come down to the altar. That is a, a thought of the altar during the time of the tabernacle, the time of the temple, where prayers, where the thought is prayers are going up. And this is where prayers lifted up to God from the altar we saw in chapter eight. Now, here's what the six angels, when he sounded, here's what was said. He said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Release the four angel, angels that are bound. So now, not only in the bottomless pit, the abyss, there also have been angels bound. Four of them, for sure, were bound at the river. What does that look like? I don't know, but they were bound... And they, they're bound at the River Euphrates. And I'm sure people are still, people go up and down the River Euphrates now and they don't see these bound angels, right? But this is very vital. The Euphrates River is huge. It's almost 1,800 miles long. It starts in Turkey. It runs down through Syria. It goes through Iraq. And it goes all the way down and dumps into 
the Persian Gulf. But what is very important that I want you to see, and I want you to see this in your scriptures, if you would turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. God is speaking to Abram. He has not even changed his name yet to Abraham. But when he is making a promise of a covenant to Abram, he says, and I'm in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Here's what he said. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, here's the promise. Here's the covenant. To your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, be the Nile, to the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephim, Rephim, excuse me, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergesites, the Jebusites. But especially verse 15, here's what I want you to see. This is the northern border. This is the border of the land God has promised to Israel. Now, we know that God destroyed during the times of the flood, but we have seen by Second Peter and the book of Jude, you can read this also in the book of Jude, that there were angels that have been bound up since that time. They've been locked up. They've been chained up. Evidently, there's been four angels bound at the river Euphrates. Now, this is the river that is the boundary of the promised land to Israel. And now we'll go back to Revelation. Revelation. Release the four angels who are bound at this river, okay? Verse 15. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Whoa, 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 back up. They were prepared. Whoa, 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 is right. They were prepared. Now look at this. For the hour, the day, the month, and the year. That is amazing. In other words, the sovereign Lord, one of the things that the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, HaMashiach, is letting Yochanan, John, know is that these angels have a job to do. And God has determined they would be part of the judgment that is coming. They've been bound the river Euphrates, which is the promised boundary line of Abram's children. And they have been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year. God is sovereign. He knows what's going on. That should get a shout of hallelujahs that God knows. We don't know. We stay prepared. But God knows. What were they released to do? A kill To kill a third of mankind. Now, I want to put this in perspective. Mike Bickle uh, put a scenario in 
and I read his scenario and I thought, I want to share this with you. It, it's a hypothetical, okay? It's hypothetical, but to give us the gravity of this because it really blew my mind as I started thinking. Because see, when I don't, I, I don't really think, it's hard for me to think like this, okay? But for instance, hypothetically speaking, let's say there were 8 billion people upon the planet when the seals start being opened, okay? We know the fourth seal, remember, a fourth of mankind is killed. So if there was 8 billion, this is hypothetical, but if there was 8 billion, we open, the opening of the fourth seal is going to take out 2 billion people. I don't even, I can't fathom in my mind a billion. Okay, that's, that's something I can't fathom. It's going to take out 2 billion people if there was 8. That leaves what? 6 billion. Now let's imagine in this same scenario, the, just these two judgments, the fourth seal, and now we're looking at the sixth trumpet. Now the sixth trumpet says to kill a third of mankind. So if the fourth trumpet is diminished now to six billion upon the earth, and now a third of mankind is killed by the blowing of the sixth trumpet, that takes another two billion. And this is where it gets very mind-boggling to me. So you're, we're talking about in this 1260 days, 42 months, okay? Just these two judgments, one taken out, the fourth one taken out, two billion, Hypothetically, we're saying when this happens, eight bit when this starts, there's eight billion people on the planet. Then you've got two billion with the fourth seal. You got two billion then with the sixth trumpet. Just those two alone. You divide that into twelve hundred and sixty days. Guess what the average is? In three and a half years, you're talking about three million people every day dying. Three million people, a hundred million people a month. Not saying that they're spread out over that time. That's not what I'm saying. It's to try to give, because in my mind, I can't really think about that many people dying, right? Woe is right. Now let's read. To kill a third of mankind, verse 16. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. KJV says 200,000 thousand. That's 200 million. This is New King James. I'm reading that up. And I heard, I heard the number of them. Okay, stop. So these four angels are loosed from the river Euphrates. Remember, this is not the Mississippi. This is not the Cumberland River that I live beside. This is not the Mississippi River. Okay, this is the Euphrates River. Why am I saying that? Because so many times everybody wants to bring all of this stuff over here because we have to relate it to where we live. It's the River Euphrates that they're set loose. Now he sees a 200 million man army. Now, in the day that we live, many, many, many prophecy people will say this is this 100 million man army is China. Now, the reason that is said is because China boasts that they actually have and, and can field 200 million men on a battlefield. 
uh, and that's they've boasted that for years. Now, that and I think that is the reason. That is the reason. Also, in chapter sixteen, you see this Armageddon army coming from the east, so people just associate that. Now, I'm not saying it isn't China. I'm not saying it is China. All I'm saying is I'm sticking with the text. When these four angels are loosed, the next thing he sees is a demonic army, a demon army. And regardless of where that army comes from, they're infused with demonic principalities. Matter of fact, these four angels that are set loose, they must be pretty powerful angels to go out to kill a third of mankind. And he sees an army. He hears the number of the army 200,000 thousand or 200 million, verse 17. So what I'm saying is there's going to be an army. I think it would just be guessing to try to guess. I have no problem with somebody saying, I bet this is China. I'm just saying from the text, we can't prove that's China. What we do know, it's a huge army. And there's going to be a third of mankind killed. That is amazing. Verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red. That kind of looks like China, don't Hasteneth blue. Hasteneth blue. Sulfur yellow. The heads of the horses were like heads of lions. Out of their mouths came fire, smoke, brimstone. By these three, verse 18, by these three plagues, a third of the mankind was killed. The fire, the smoke, the brimstone, right? By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. Now, how is smoke killing people? I think what he's saying is, as he's seeing this vision and he's seeing these that come out of the mouth of these horses, these things he's describing like horses, He's just relating it to horses, right? It's like like horses, and it's like got metal on them, and I, I see red, and I see all these colors, and, and they've got they've got like heads like lions, and out of these heads, they come, comes this fire. He sees fire. He sees smoke. He sees brimstone. Uh, brimstone, which you know, stones on fire, right? And then it says, verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. So out of this, out of this, what he's seeing in this vision, a third of mankind is killed. That is massive, you know. If, if you're looking at a war, it's massive. It doesn't matter how you interpret this. This is massive. Whether you see this as a, just a demonic army, whether you see this as a physical army, and he's describing it with what he knows, it really doesn't matter. And it, and it doesn't really matter to try to identify them because it's the sixth trumpet, the second woe, that, that brings this to pass. Now, look at verse 20. This is what is very interesting. And I'll, I'll close here. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent. Remember, I said to you, God is calling 
and giving people a chance to repent. How do we know this? We know this from verse 20 because he says, and they didn't repent. All of this is happening. Everything we've read, and he says, and they're not repenting. They wasn't killed by these plagues. They did not repent of the work of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. They're like, no. But now we know from text, and I want to show you right before I get off here, and then we know that this is just at first. How do we know this? I want you to jump ahead just for explanation. I want you to jump ahead to the very ending of this time we call the second woe, the sixth trumpet. Now look over in 11, chapter 11. In chapter 11, there is something happening. I'm going to describe part of it without reading it. But what happens is the two witnesses are killed. And then when the two witnesses are killed, they lay dead in the streets for three days in Jerusalem. And then they come to life and they go up to heaven. Now, when the two witnesses are resurrected and they go up to heaven, a great earthquake hits. And when that happens, I want you to see verse 13. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and the tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. Boom. Now look at this, though. And the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. They turned. They repented. The rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. They had a change here. But now I want you to look at verse 14. The second woe is past. So we're in the, the second woe now. So at first, when this happens, he's like, there's no repentance, there's no repentance, there's no repentance. But before the seventh angel sounds, there will be some who turn and give glory to God. That should get a shout of hallelujah right there. You know what I'm saying? Before it's over, they're giving glory to heaven. So, you know, that, and, that, and that's how it is in our life, man. There, sometimes it's like, no, God, no, God, no, God. Some of you, some of us, no. And then finally we come to a place in our life where we're like, okay, I'm repenting. Okay, I'm turning to God. Okay, I'm sorry, Father, will you forgive me? Amen. And give glory to God of heaven. God is going to get his glory and he's going to save as many as he can. And you can trust that your father is full of love, mercy, and compassion. And he knows mankind. He knows what's in man. Jesus tells us that very clear. He knows what's in the heart of man. He knows what it takes to get people to turn around. And he's going to turn as many as he can to him. Well, let's end right there. Thank you so much for being here this morning. For yeah. Thursday, huh? Yeah, amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. We'll jump off here, and I'll get to work. And you guys can get to work. Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Thanks for being here. And thanks for commenting. See you tomorrow.